Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves a big dummy. Uh, Groundhog Day and Deja Vu all over again uh, against Southampton at Stamford Bridge on Saturday. Stamford Bridge is becoming the football equivalent of Punk's Attorney. Maybe we should have signed Punk's Attorney Phil to play in central defence. Uh, Chelsea played some fantastic fluid football in the first half with Werner grabbing two superb individual goals and Havertz, Mount and Pulisic, uh, or Pulisic if you prefer, buzzing around behind him. But as ever, Chelsea managed to shoot themselves in the foot not once, not twice, but thrice as they let Southampton back in for a 3-3 draw. Now, it's easy to pick on individuals for mistakes, but the reality, as Frank Lampard knows only too well, is that the whole team has to defend. Furthermore, without Mendy and Silva, we had no choice but to resort to the defence that's been letting us down for over a year. So, really, we shouldn't be surprised that it all went Pete Tong. But there we go. The truth is that the defenders and the defensive structure of the side is quite possibly not good enough. And unless the current personnel improve then we won't be challenging for the title, that's for sure. But the big question is, can they improve? Oh, well, hey-ho, in the meantime, I still love a big dummy. (coughs) And the the title of tonight's show, of course, it would have to be for anybody who's old like me and remembers a fantastic band called Magazine, and actually even before that, Captain Beefheart. Captain Beefheart. Beefheart. I know. The title of the show tonight is I Love You, You Big Dummy. Chelsea fancast number 532. Now, I assure you, I am not I am not referring to any of my esteemed co-hosts on tonight's fancast, especially not Jonathan. I do love him, but I would never call Jonathan a big dummy. That's very good to know, Chip. Thanks very much. That's all right. How are you? I'm good. Lovely to be on the show with such esteemed guests. Yes. As, uh, um, uh, Tony Glover. Oh, I'm giving the game away. I mustn't say. Sorry. Well, sorry. you introduce him. You introduce, introduce him. Spoilers. Spoilers. Introduce him yourself. Can I? No, I just want to say before you introduce him, he's wearing a, a, a top shirt. That's the reversible a... one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It was the um, hi everybody. It's Tony. Um, it's the one thing that proved that Ken Bates was um, just human in some ways or whatever. And that even the filthy rich make a bollocks up because they sold this shirt for the price of a shirt rather than what Ken Bates, I'm sure, probably hit the roof afterwards. And he thought, I could have doubled the price of that. But it is the reversible mm. shirt. Yeah. I remember it well. Uh, you're going to introduce our next guest, Jonathan? No, I was going to say actually just in terms of shirts before we go off the, 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 the whole subject is that a red one, did you see that, got sold for five grand? No way. No, yeah. Which one? Yeah. Yeah, a red white diamond one. No, it, it's um no, not it's before that, and it's just got a very small CFC badge, and um, actually no, I think it's it was was going to be sold for five grand, but it was it's from about sixty five or sixty six, mm. very bizarre era to have a red shirt mm. like that. So you're going to introduce our next guest now. That's good good knowledge, by the way. I enjoyed that, but in- I'm just intrigued as to how some of this memorabilia, if it's very specific, can actually get quite a lot of dosh for it. Um. Uh, the wonderful Dan Silver. Woo-hoo! Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Mr. Chiellini himself, always, always. We've actually, we, we had Dan on. Do we have Dan on on Friday? 
No, it, no, it was me. Miles. We last, had you on last Monday, didn't we? Yeah, last we, Monday. We do so many shows now, Dan. I, I don't even know who I am. I've had a busy day today. That is my excuse, as well as <laughs> as well as well age and early onset dementia. Um, anyway, we've got a busy show tonight uh, for various reasons. Um, in fact, you know, first up, we're going we're gonna to look at uh, teen... Uh, and by the way, you chaps, not to, not to uh, scold you before you've done anything wrong, I want to stick to the running order tonight. So it's basically first half followed by the second half. I know, like me, you're probably stocious about some of the defending and everything, but I really want to leave that into part two. Doesn't it overlap a bit, Chief? No. no? Stick okay. to the rules, please. Just for me. Just once for me. You'll just have to stamp on us. If you've got a noise you can make if we're going... No, but going... I do have control of the mute button. Never, oh, e- never, ever forget that. You're not going... Eh, ah, okay, I'll do that instead, because that actually that's more fun and a bit easier to do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on the show tonight, we're going to look at Frank's team selection. We're going to admire the fluidity of Werner Havertz, Mount and Pulisic and roundly applaud uh, Werner's two superb goals. Uh, but, but, there's always a but with Chelsea, isn't there? T'was ever thus. Uh, in part two, we ask, is Chelsea's defence the definition of madness? Are they just not good enough? Are the midfield just as culpable? Do we have to accept that Chelsea are like a Kevin Keegan team? Exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Uh, Now, in part three, uh, we look ahead to the Champions League match against Sevilla on Tuesday, which, in fact, in English, money is tomorrow night. Uh, What is Sevilla's form like? Who are the key players? Are they the main threat in the group? And who will Frank pick? And how do we see it going? So there you go. Now, of course, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat. Uh, Loads of people in there all chatting away. Uh, sometimes I take notice and uh, I, I read them out. For example, the lovely Steve Mower. I miss seeing you in the pub, Steve, for a, for a pint. I really do, like so many of you, of course. But uh, Steve says, Chidge, is there a take the piss out of Liverpool and Spurs section? We don't have to have a section for that, Steve. We will just throw it in liberally, I promise. Uh, Paul Burgess says, could be worse, Chidge, they could do a Spursy on you. No, there's nothing worse than a Spursy unless you're on the outside looking in and laughing at it. There you go, Steve. I've already done one. So there you go. Um, what else can I say? Well, there's loads of people at Mixler. We love them all to pieces. I will try and converse with you, I promise. Uh, but other than that, we will be back in a second or two to talk about the football. Right, welcome back. This, of course, is the Chelsea fancast with me, Stanford Chidge, him, Jonathan Kidd, him over there in the blue corner, Mr. Tony Glover, and, of course, the absolutely, hey. the absolutely delightful Mr. Dan Silver. Um, now, the first thing, I mean, you know, there is a reason why I want to start with the team selection, because we've been, we've been going on about it for what seems like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And, of course, you know, there was some debate on Friday as to whether... Um, actually, it's really interesting, you know, because his selections kind of kind of mirrored our chat about uh what we thought the team selection would be Jonathan Kepper got the nod as I thought he would Aspie got picked over James as I 
eventually decided he would, because I remember I said James would get the nod first, and then I changed my mind. Christensen over Tamori, Lord knows why. I, I'd love to know what's gone on with Tamori, because I can't understand why he doesn't get a game. Jorginho starts with Conte, as we knew he would, in a two, of course. And then we had, you know, kind of, I would say, Mount accommodated uh, by putting him on the left, which, of course, was the expense of Pulisic, who had to play on the right. And we had, you know, Havertz playing in the 10. Great. Love that. And we had Werner uh, as the main striker. Absolutely love that. I mean, I, I, w- I wasn't too surprised. And I have to be honest, JK, you know, I, apart from my little kind of grumbling about Christensen and my grumbling about the fact we don't play 4-3-3, more of that later, I thought, well, that's all right. That's a decent t- side. And I like the fact that Havertz is playing... You know, behind Werner in a ten roll. I mean, what's wrong with that? The trouble we're, we're we're doing it with hope, aren't we? We're hoping that it'll work, aren't we? We're. I mean, the very fact that on Friday when we did the preview, I was saying, well, he, he he'll. I think I got most of the team selection correct in yeah, terms of he the did. events, but um, uh, I didn't think he'd play James because he wasn't convinced with James the week before. Asby, um, despite his dreadful crossing or going about that, which he still did on several occasions. Um, is is that much better as a defender? Um, uh, and I think we we all agreed that we would have preferred um, uh, Caballero in goal, but that he would pick Kepper. And uh, uh, I, I'm I'm a bit worried whether you're going to go out at me if whether I'm allowed to say about team selection. Because I'll tell you what, JK, uh, it's going to yeah. be a bit like the modern day linesman, sorry, assistant referees, offside wait, flag. You have to wait a bit before so you're, you do you it. So you just have to carry on until you yeah, know yeah, it's too yeah, late. Yeah, yeah because because um, not even with hindsight, um, um, picking Kepper is absolutely fucking ridiculous. You can't argue with that, really, can you? Uh, no, I mean... <laughs> say what so, you mean, JK. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I mean... <laughs> Given given previous performances, Chidge, I mean, come on, you know. Why so you sugarcoat it now. You tell us <laughs> because you know he's given away a goal a game practically every game. So you know, so um, and you know, even having Caballero playing, we've had a defence that seems to be slightly more together than than uh, than one that um, yeah. that uh, um, than when you got Kepa when 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 uh, Mendy played. We, you know, we kept a clean sheet against Palace, and uh, you know, I mean, it could have been coincidence. It could have been that um, they just defended better, and they had silver playing. But um, uh, and, and I, I think through playing to move away from the defence, which we'll get onto later, um, I think that uh, it's a mistake playing Pulisic on the right at the moment. I don't think he's quite come back enough from the injury. Well, his best position is on the left, J.K. Exactly. That's my point. He therefore should be playing well, so on the that, left. That, I, so I, I so that was utterly peculiar. Didn't That's understand utterly, it at all. Should we, should, we ask, should we ask the boys who've got bigger yes, brains? Sorry, yeah, well, no, no. They have yeah, bigger yeah. brains. I mean, they're not as funny as you and me, but they've definitely got bigger footballing oh. brains. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fighting talk, mate. And by okay. the way, Tony, in, in, in uh, just a quick tangent... Uh, because we have our little uh, uh, virtual pub, don't we, on a Friday, which is great. I, I, I can't show you because I, I, I don't want to move the camera, but I've got installed to my right a beer fridge. A beer fridge, mate. A beer fridge in the office. We're cooking. Anyway, I digress. Drop the biscuits in there as well. Well, only if you come round. I'll make sure there are best cold biscuits for you. No, I I don't eat them. I just wondered if you had them. No, no, just just. I've got a very nice bottle of uh, Merso Blarney. 
which is the, one of the best white wines in the world. An Irish wine? No, no, it's it's in Burgundy, mate. And uh, Blarney, you said. Blarney, B L A G N Y, but the uh, Blarney, Blarney, uh, and it's uh, the chateau. Blarney. The chateau's owned by a friend of mine. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, is it an Irishman? No, he's not an Irishman. He's he's a he's a Frenchman. He's a proper Frenchman. Anyway, I've also I've got lots of beer in there. Anyway, Tony, Tony, and Dan. Yeah. Explain to us why Pulisic is on the right, not the left. Why why does Mount play on the left and not Pulisic? I mean, I, there is I, there is possibly an answer for this that I might have, but I'll I'll, I'll let it go yeah, for I now. Mean, he obviously watches him in training, and I think the most modern players don't want to be pigeonholed into being I am just this, I am just that. Um, where, whichever team you look at, most players can be fairly flexible. I mean, they may have a preferred position, but they can still do pretty well in other positions. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of not unduly worried about about that because um, I, I would love, I would absolutely love Kevin Keegan. I'd love it. I'd love it <laughs> if we could uh, if we could get back to the Robin Duff days when we had, you know, oh, when yeah. they just used to swap wings to piss the defenders off and confuse them. And, and you'd have defenders running around like deal with a dog because they just didn't know which one of those two to get. Now, if we, if we can aim for that, and don't forget Frank was a child of that team. He was in that team. Um, uh, and and he, he reaped rich benefits from what Mourinho had sowed by putting that policy in place. And I think maybe that's what Frank's trying to do. I think he may be saying, look, and I'll, I'll bet you any money like Pulisic is, a, is, is American. He, he won't ever go, oh, man, I'm never playing in that. He'll say, you, you ask me to do a job, I'll go and do it. Because he is like Dill the Dog. Yes, but I think he would want to do it. I think he would rather be on the pitch and yeah. ask to play somewhere that isn't his preferred position. He'd play in goal if you asked him to, mate. Well, you know, I, I, I think we, we, we attach too much to, you know, he has to play here. Anelka was a striker. But for me, some of Anelka's best games for us was when he played behind Drogba. Well, and he knew what ball to play into Drogba. He had, you know, his his goal instinct had, had blunted somewhat, but he knew how to play that ball into Drogba. He knew where Drogba would want the ball. So I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I cannot, cannot believe. Uh, the doom and gloom that he's just. All right. Well, we'll, we'll pause on that. You're going to get yeah. an ah, ah. Uh, there we go. Tony got the first. Ah, ah, not Jonathan. Well, that's one one for the memoirs. That one, Dan. Um, this all sparked. It's funny how this crept in so early because I had a nice, lovely little uh, Twitter chat with uh, with Paul Burgess after the game. And actually, this was a point that Paul made. He couldn't understand why Pulisic was right and Mount was left. I think we'd all agree that Pulisic is better if he plays on the left. Paul made a really good point. He felt that with Chilwell um, making. You know, obviously, he was going to be making a lot of runs down the left-hand side. Maybe it was best that if Pulisic wasn't there, so they wouldn't get in each other's way and kind of count each other out. I thought that was quite a good point. My own view on this, which I I I do make in the running order, actually. So, so it's even if I do say it myself, not a bad segue, although I've jumped a bit. I have to say that the fluidity and the movement of Werner, Havertz, Mount, and Pulisic across the front was just the best I've seen for a long time. I thought it was superb. So in another respect, what Tony was saying, doesn't really matter where they play because they're going to move anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, my, my thoughts were that Pulisic is still not match fit. And if you've got Walcott coming down the other side, Mount's got the ability to come back and track back mm. rather than having Pulisic chasing back after Walcott and maybe not, you know, 
potentially pulling a hamstring. Maybe it's better to have him out from a defensive perspective on, on that side. But as you say, the, the transition from those four, five was fantastic. I mean, it's having a movement. And we went to the um, the third goal. And I'm oh, jumping heads. Oh, no, no, was, I'm, yeah. I'm moist still remembering. Yeah, it, I mean, that was just some incredible football. And the, and the skill Pulisic had to feed it back into Werner was, was, didn't get enough mentions. I thought it was a brilliant bit It was a beautiful goal, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, it was so beautiful. Just, you know, but, then, but then, you know, I know we're getting digressive, then you got to wait for VAR to say, oh, it was Werner offside because his bollock was, you know, just yeah. in front of the line. But it was, I just I was the movement was, it was actually. I looked at it and thought, oh, it's, his groin, his groin's offside. Apparently his left bollock test, his left bollock hair was just offside. But no, just that, that movement is it's quite fluid, although they're yeah. kind of, it's just a fluid sort of front four. But it was, I, think I agree, it was change. a completely wonderful, wonderful goal. And, and in fact, let, let's be honest, that they are, it's so obvious, they are wonderful players. Yeah. We have got five wonderful players. Young, one. This, this, is, a gen, this is a built, the front five is generational. Absolutely. Werner, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't talk about him. No, you can, you can. We can, yeah. Go, yeah, we can, go, can. Yeah, we can go to Werner. Werner is fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, yeah. That little, I could have had a hat-trick, that disallowed goal. Uh, God, the, the energy, the running, the the well, the two the, goals, J.K. Yeah. were both superb. But I knew he was going to score because he scored. A, he's the one he scored for Germany. Was it was very similar that the, last week where he he won't give up. He just pushes it further and further. Looks for the angle, places right. it into the corner from the, from the goalkeeper. Absolutely and brilliant. And brilliant. The technique, goal. technique for yes. the second goal. Yes. <laughs> yes, fantastic. And not to forget Jorginho's pass, which was yeah, well, hey, incredible. Indeed, indeed. Uh, but the, we're going to get onto the second half. Well, actually, no, no, we'll talk about that because, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, uh, Ken, our dear, dear Ken, uh, I've not seen, obviously, like, I haven't seen anybody for ages and ages and ages, but, you know, quite, quite often he'll wander into the virtual pub on a Friday, but not when I've been there. But he was saying that he didn't realise, you know, he doesn't ever remember Jorginho doing that. But I kind of disagree, actually. Jorginho was always trying to do that with Pigwain, which was about as, you know, about as kind of sensible as doing a, a long ball to me and asking me to chase it. But it's an old move, isn't it? Because Louise did it yeah. on several occasions. It was something that they worked out clearly that you can play that. But I'm I'm beginning to worry about um, this this modern football now. It seems to me... <laughs> You've only so much... just realised, Jacob. Yeah, Where have so you much... been? Yeah, well, I've been hiding under the carpet because <laughs> of, of COVID. Um, because, of the, because of the fact everybody presses up so much, it seems to me that a long ball booted down the pitch appears to be the best way of attacking at the moment. Everybody goes into an enormous panic the second yep. the ball booted down and, and run after at speed. Let's all go Wimbledon, yeah. mate. Howard yeah. Wilkinson. Hey, I was thinking. I was actually about to say yeah. that. I was about to say, why don't we? Uh, why don't we? In fact, bring, just bring Giroud back and a Werner playing off Giroud. And Giroud just goes. Giroud bashes into because everybody. Because I, I, I don't. I, up, no, you know? but I don't. I don't think. That would work. I think I was about to say actually. Yeah, of course, it wouldn't work. No, but yeah. I, I think it, it works really, really well because you've got a striker like Werner. There was I can't remember who wrote this in the press today. I kind of obliquely was aware of it, but the fact that Chelsea have gone for a very different striker than the kind that they have been going for historically, at the likes of you know Costa, Drogba, you know big, uh, big, kind of you know. I can't think of the word actually. Uh, like bullocking centre forwards, if you like, who are going to like be like a battering ram. Bovine. No, well, yes, I suppose so. But um, Werner is not like that at all. But he's very quick and he's very bright. He's just, yeah. I mean, yeah. that that Tony, that that first goal he scored. Forget the the one that was ruled offside. Mm. That dummy. 
I mean, fuck me. I mean, where did that come from? I mean, to, to have the intelligence and the presence of mind. To, do you know what it reminded me of? You'll laugh when I say this. But Pele, when he tried it on in oh, the God. World Cup in 1970, when he dummied yes. the goalkeeper and it nearly went in. Remember that? And it nearly went in, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just I mean, brilliant. I do think, um, yeah, he's an impressive And I think he's... We're, we're, oh, Werner should be scoring more and all this sort of stuff. He's biding his time. He's getting used to the Premiership. And once he's got that, he's got you've got your match fitness and then you've got your kind of Premiership sharpness. This is a different league and all this sort of stuff. And like, he, he looks an intelligent player who once, like Eden Hazard, once he sussed it, once he sussed it, uh, he's going to be deadly. And I think the same for um, Havertz and possibly Zayach as well, who was you know, a little bit off the I plate. thought Zayach came on the wrong, wrong time for him, really. But, but I thought he looked a class act. Blood. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, well, this I like the fact he, he plays football as if he's... As if he's Irish clog dancing, he doesn't move his arms around. I think I think he's not match fit yet. So I, I'm. I, do you know what? Because I mean, basically, I thought he stunk the place out. But I'm going to resolve. Oh, no, 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 no. Hang on. Let me let me finish. Let me yeah. finish. I'm letting. No. Am I going to go eh, ah, at you? You can't. You're not, you, you 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 don't have the air eh, eh stick anyway. Oh, all right. I I. But I'm not going to pass judgment on him because he's had ten minutes and he's clearly not match fit. And he's still struggling. He with was injury. good. I thought he was really good. Well, I just thought he gave the ball away a bit and he looked a bit static. But as I said, I'm not going to judge him because he's hardly had any minutes. He's coming back from injury. He's a great player. Period. He'll be fine. Um, Dan. Uh, Frank said this about Werner's goals. He says they were really good individual goals and he looked sharp. It's great for his confidence and we'll see a lot more of that. Can't argue with what Frank says there. No, I mean, confident. I mean, the goal he got against Spurs in the cup was a sign of what he's about because it was a really good, sharp finish. He does. He just created a chance and finished. Keeps looking for the ball, makes all the runs. And just the wearable, that second goal. Lovely little chip over the goalkeeper. Yeah. Nod it in. It was it just, it's going to be an absolute... Diamond, and he's a lot of our strikers haven't hit the ground running. It looks like he has hit the ground running, so he's going to go on to get 20 25 goals this season. That's a really good point, isn't it? We've had so many duff strikers. I mean, Torres, bless actually, do you know, there's somebody else also mentioned there's a bit of Torresness about the way that Werner moves, but it's just so great, JK, isn't it, to see a striker hit the ground running properly? Mind you, you know, we've seen a few do that, and they've still been shit. Morata springs to mind. Which which Torres are we talking about? Here? Fernando Torres. Fernando. Who yeah, when he for... when he played for Liverpool, he used to play like that. Not yes. for us. Never Not for, for us, us, man. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good. God, I'm glad we've yeah, because he, he was he was you know he was injured. They, they basically no, they sold him injured. Yes. Yeah, caveat yeah. emptor should have been applied to that. I know completely. And uh, well, we, 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 we've got strange memories, though, haven't we? Because Mar- Morata started off pretty well because we were all extolling his praises about looking like Peter Osgood. And he, he mm. somehow had a, an enormous confidence problem from then on and didn't score. He and, then, and then he did. Yeah. He sold. Absolutely right, Tony. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whereas in actual... Sorry, dip in, Dan. I wasn't... No, I was just going to say the beauty is that uh, one is not married, so I won't see him on Instagram drying his wife's hair. <laughs> fair play, fair play. I just want to move, I want to move this on to young Kai Havertz because, you know, I, I, I've trademarked the... Uh, it's now, He's now known as... Havertz, he's silky smooth. I'm, I'm amending it this week, Jonathan, and you're going to love this. I, 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 the, the other two might not remember this, but I, do, I never forget something like this. I'm renaming him Stroller Havertz, he's silky smooth. Okay. Stroller right. Graham. 
Yeah, you know, you know, I was remembering that. I was just about to say how unoriginal you're being. Oh, you are such a tit. I'm doing it as an homage. An homage <laughs> to George Graham? Yes. Well, because I just think the way that he moves, he's so languid and easy on the eye. Um, and I love the fact that he's getting getting more into it. But Dan's got his hand up, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. He's he's got something on his mind. Yeah. What, what you what's on your mind, Dan? The, the, it gives us a bit of height in midfield because a couple of times he's winning balls in the air in the midfield because we haven't any you know Cante and Jorginho are not particularly tall. So it's good having some in midfield who can win the headers. Well. You're right, Dan. Yeah. He goes for headers as well. He's actually yeah. flipped on quite a lot as well. Yeah, it just looks so smooth and comfortable. I'm not surprised he's so highly rated. He just is effortless. Because yeah. he will kind of just a beautiful footballer. He needs to uh, go you know, for it, Tone. I'm ready for it. Go on. The fact that the, the, their first goal was yeah. his fault. Totally. Completely his fault. Absolutely agree. Having said that, though, we were we pushed up so much. That was so in anticipation that, that yeah. there was nobody behind. So. Well, you could also say, I mean, you know, it was pretty... I mean, this is the. I think this is the trouble. I, I mean, we've all watched football for a very, very, very long time, haven't we? And, you know, we've all seen this happen before. Exceed, mind you, not, not a huge amount for the early days when I went to Chelsea, it has to be said, but hugely, hugely, hugely talented players... Who, who who just know that they can do things that very few people can do can quite often get caught like that because they just think well I'm not going he's not going to tackle me I'm too good I'll just put it through his legs but actually sometimes you do and Oscar he, was amazing yeah conference. and he got himself into trouble there I mean to be fair to him he did try and get himself out of the duty but this is the this is the beef I have with Hazard Havertz, no pun intended. I think he does need to beef up a bit. He does. He looks a bit lightweight. He was easily brushed off from those challenges. But the other thing I was going to say, J.K., was that you know you could also say that Christensen and Zuma were admiring uh, Ched yeah, Adam's no, pass yes. instead of actually yeah. doing something about it. No, that was my point. Is that there didn't seem to be much uh, um, support in that situation. I mean, uh, perhaps they presumed he was going to get. It was his third attempt, wasn't it? He he got caught and then beat the player and then got caught again and beat the player and it was the third player that got him yeah so you it, so perhaps it's a learning curve that there you know there will probably be three people on you but yeah then Ings I'm afraid that though Ings as we've established great Ings striker terrific player yeah. Yeah. so you give him a sniff uh, but that's uh, what I, you're going to get you know so I, I just sometimes that other teams will just score a good goal well Ings is a good <laughs> striker you know I've had this conversation with you so many times I'm not every goal you're sick of it aren't you you're sick of having these conversations with me. I don't blame you, mate. I'm, I am. Not, I'm, I'm tired of this. <laughs> oh, it's snoppy defending. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. If, it's if, a good if, goal. In this situation, though, Tony, we know that if a goal is scored against us, the likelihood is another one will be scored against yeah. us. That's, that's well, I tell, you, I tell you what, JK, I mean, that's exactly where I was going to go from there. I mean, Frank actually said as much, um, you know, in, in the presser, and I have him absolutely bang on with this. It was a really, really, really bad time to concede to them. We were 2-0 up. We should have been at least 4 or 5 up. We were all over them like a rash, playing really, really, really well. And as you're saying, JK, you know, a, 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 a moment of sloppiness, really, I think. A bit careless, sloppy. I mean, Paul Burgess says this on Mixley. You never, ever... What does he say? I just need to get the thing up. There you go. He says, you don't play in front of your own goal. And he's and he's absolutely right. It's, 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 it's not rocket science. But... To a point, we were 30, 35, 40 yards from goal, so we weren't playing in the penalty box. 
So it wasn't, you know, listen, it was, it was the ball, yeah, high press, the ball was one, good through ball, good goal, end of. Not, yeah, you can pick, right. pick holes in anybody, okay. saying they could defend it better, but we let the goal in. You know, I, I, I'm, all for, I'm all for this kind of analysis, Dan. It will make it a much shorter show. Yeah, it was, it was straightforward. <laughs> you know, he, he got robbed, good through ball. Ings was on it quicker, in between the gaps between the defenders, which has right. always been the problem. Ran the keeper, good finish. That's what Ings does. All right. you know, it's just one of those I'm things. Copy of a goal my team let him play in Walkie football last week. Well, much, I, much slower pace, though. I utterly commend your brevity on the issue and your no-nonsense approach. Maybe if we had a bit more of a no-nonsense approach in defence and in midfield, like you two show on this show, we would be better uh. off. <laughs> uh, now, something else that is absolutely no-nonsense and is about as proper Chelsea as you can get is the absolutely wonderful CFC UK fanzine. Uh, now, obviously, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a ritual for us lot, certainly, uh, to wander up Fulham Road on a match day, uh, have a chat with Dave and Marco and everybody else who's there, people I miss hugely, and, uh, and buy a copy of uh, the fanzine when it's out. But, of course, we can't do that anymore. But do not panic. Uh, there's a new one out. came out last week. It's really good. Uh, there's some great stuff in there by some really, really good writers. Um, and you can get it still digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. Uh, or you can get it by post, as uh, I have. Um, you pay £2, which includes first-class postal delivery. If you want to subscribe to the hard copy and get it by post, then send your uh, address via email to cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. And you can pay by PayPal, I believe. Now, uh, we're already getting into the uh, the debacle in the defence, or not, as uh, as Tony and Dan would have it. Uh, but I suspect they'll probably agree with me and JK in part two when we look at uh, what I'm describing as the definition of madness. I'll leave you lot to figure out why in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. We're now in part two, and I am Stamford Chidge, and Mr. He's, you, you've had a bit of a kind of a. It looks like a kind of a, a retro 1970s kind of bonehead haircut, JK. It's quite impressive. Have I? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, thank you very much. It's just my hair's grown. You're not from... you're not, not being cast as a as a villain in a in a in a minder esque type piece or something. Oh, like. I'd love to be I'd love to be Chidge because I could give it No, that. but it is. Don't you yeah. think Chaps he is looking a bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea boot boys, up. Chelsea boot boys, hello. Yeah. Put Harrison, put Harrison on him, you know. I think it's the it's the glasses that kind of, I like. This. It's a nice touch with the glasses because you don't. Is he a villain or is he? I don't know. Is he a bit, not? Bit Harry, po- bit Harry Potter's dad. Oh, he's got a touch of the Kaiser Zose about. Oh yes. Oh, Tony, you know. Are you suggesting I'm a bit gay? No. Well, was 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 um. Because no, uh, no, no, I don't mind. Ver- I don't mind. Ver- I'm, I'm happy with that. Well, so. I'll tell you what. Verbal certainly is a good. Uh, you know, analogy there. Verbal Klimt, ver- verbal kid, verbal kid. We'll start calling you. Verbal. Verbal. Don't speak like that to me now. Then verbal. Yes, verbal Such kid. a great film. I haven't watched it for ages. I must go and do that. Uh, we've also got Tony, who does not look like an East End gangster at all. Good. Glad to hear it. Evening. Uh, and we've got the lovely Dan Silves, who of course looks like Chiellini. But there are people in the Amazon rainforest who know that. 
<laughs> you know, especially the people who've yet to be undiscovered in the Amazon rainforest. Is he the problem of the Tottenham? <laughs> yeah. I saw somebody posted an interview with him. It was Jake. It was Tony. It was Tony. It? And it was, yeah. It's you, man. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Sitting there, sitting there, home to our man on the spot. It's uncanny. This is the problem with this is the problem with the Tottenham. Lovely stuff. Now, we've also got a whole load of reprobates in from uh, Mixler, as we always do. I mean, I can't tell you how much I love these people. I mean, they, they, they come in on a Monday night when they've probably got far better things to do than listen to a bunch of idiots like us waffling on for hours on it. And, and then still they come. Still they come. And I love them for it. Good to see you all in there. Uh, now, we are going to lower the tone slightly, as Chelsea, in fact, did in the second half. Um Yes, it was all going so well. I mean, as I said, I, we all know this. We've all been watching football long enough to know that goals change games. And uh, Southampton scored on about 42 minutes, so that certainly let them back in. Um, and then, you know, as always, Chelsea managed to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, the, right, the, I, I mentioned this before we went to the break, didn't I, about the definition of madness. Now, the definition of madness or insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results i think that this uh, well-known uh, axiom uh sums up chelsea's defense rather perfectly because you know we play the same defenders you know week in week out apart from when we have mendy and silver and and you still get mistakes i mean i've got to be honest I, I, i'll bring you in first dan no worries but thanks for a bit of a rant no no that's all right i'm yeah. after, after me you can have as much of a rant as you want but yeah. I'm actually not going to have much of a rant at all, really. I mean, I just think that for that second goal, Zuma and, and you know, Zuma and Kepa were criminal for it. I mean, it was an appalling back pass. But then, you know, here's the thing. We know Zuma's got two left feet, you know, so it was always going to It was an accident waiting to happen. Why Kepa didn't go with his hands or his body? OK, he probably didn't want to give a penalty away, to be fair, but, you know... Pickford's getting dogs abused for clearing out Van Dyke and ending his uh, season. <coughs> but, um, you know, Kepa dives the other way and jumps out of the way. I just don't understand. Anyway, I'm enough because I've, I've lost, I've lost the ability to speak, so I'm going to give it to Dan because he wants to have a round, yeah, JK. The, the, ball, the ball went through his legs. Did you yeah. see that, that picture from the other angle? And then Christensen slid in. And... Completely. Dan. I mean, listen, think think with Kepa, he's under he's under the microscope the whole time. He, he did make two good saves, but that's the word of a goalkeeper. You make one I, mistake. I think, I think he was sold down the river with that, actually, Dan, yeah. to be fair. And I the mean, third goal know. was just, you know, one of those things. He, he was never going to get near it if he dives. But no, I just think my, my, my point is more about defence as a bigger picture. It's probably the worst defence we've had under the Bramwich era. And the, the 63 goals in whatever 40 games that Lampard's let in is appalling. I mean, Conte with Cahill, Louise, Alonso, and Moses letting 35 goals. Sarri let in 40 with 25% of those coming in two games when you had really good Louise, Alonso and Kepa, who had a, an OK first season. We keep changing defence every week. There's no stability. It is very hard to have a, you know, a good... Uh, the, the beauty of our teams where it was always going to be Cole... John Terry, Ivanovic, Carvalho, or Gallas. So there's a very solid team. This defence is not solid. We've got Chilwa, who's a, is very good left back. We've got Reese James, who's not even got 50 top lower games in him. Aspilicueta, who's not the force he was. Silva's got to play as much as possible. Then you have to pick one of Zuma or Tomori next to him. Christensen, I don't think he's good enough. He's not aggressive enough. He's he, invisible. Invisible. He's, yeah, he's just not, he's just not good enough. If you play him in a three, he's great because he's got a bit of protection. In a two, he's not tall enough, strong enough, or aggressive enough. I don't think he's he's good enough for our team. I would have um, uh, Zuma or Tomori alongside Silva. 
give these young players some experience because you know game management is what we need, as Frank alluded to in the in the. Uh, well, Should I, t- I tell you what, Frank? I've got a few Frank quotes here. Um, I think they're Frank quotes. No, yeah, I'm just trying to discern what are Frank quotes and what is my ra- uh, you know waffle, but. The first one, yeah, Frank believes that Kepper made two really good saves in the game, which I agree with, he did. And even the th- though people's eyes will be drawn to the second goal, it wasn't just him at fault for that. I agree with that. He says every goalkeeper has to be strong mentally at the top level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lampard says he and the players are frustrated and disappointed this evening for the third equaliser. He feels we turn the ball over to concede the free kick far too easy. He doesn't say far too easily, but I'm adding that. And then the second ball led to the goal. Absolutely. White Havertz didn't pick up Walcott, who moved out as the free kick was taken. Um, so, I mean, this is the thing, Dan, you know, just to pick up on your thought. And and I've had, I've, it's like, you know, talk about bloody Groundhog Day. We, we talk about this most weeks. I think there's a, there's a real issue here. I mean, it's bad, bad, you know, bad luck that Mendy got injured and and Silva was jet lagged. Another good reason why international football should be put in the bin, um, because we know that the defense played really, really well the last time we we played when we beat yeah. Palace, I think, uh, because Mendy and Silva were playing. They make a huge difference. And that this happens in football, but the reality is, as you as you said, uh, Zuma, Christensen, uh, are def- I mean, Tamori possibly may be good enough. We don't know. James is not there yet either, as we know. Aspie, as you said, I think he's on the downward side of the bell curve. But Christensen and Tamori are not good enough. And, you know, I've run a lot of companies in my time. And, you know, sometimes people are just not capable of improving. You know, I, I keep hearing all the time on Twitter, well, it's all Frank Lampard and bloody Jody Morris's fault because their coaches are supposed to make them better. You know, their coaches are supposed to improve them. Well, that's all very well and good. You've clearly not worked in many companies because sometimes you get people just so fucking useless at what they do, so utterly stupid that you just have you have to manage that. You don't try and make them better because they're not capable of it. I know it sounds really horrible to say that, but it's true. it's true. So what you do is you manage your way around it. And I think this is the interesting thing, chaps, because I can't even remember where I read this, but it really caught my eye. What you have to do then is that you have to create a system... That can, I think it was Sid actually. Dear old Sid Celery went off on a massive thread. Go and find it if you if you follow him on Twitter. He, he really did nail it. Because what you do, you have to accommodate some of the weaknesses to protect the whole team. And he was saying Conte did this brilliantly. We were rubbish in the back four. We didn't have the players for it. So he went to this back three, which made the best out of a bad job. And that's what you kind of do. So if there's anything on Frank and Jody, I think it's, it's, it's as I said, that's the definition of madness. They pick the same players expecting a different result. You're not going to get a different result. They're not good enough. Ran but, over. But the thing is, you've got to, you can't, all this coaching you do, on the training ground, you can't compensate individual errors in the game. Like Zoom's under hit back pass. Yeah, well, you I know, think like, I think like... I think Sid's point was was that you you will you know you will there aren't any such thing as an individual error. And, you know, basically that if you structure the team properly, then you will iron out those individual faults. I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I'm I'm with oh, yeah, you on this. I'm with you stretch. on this, Dan. Yeah, you know, Matt didn't help himself by not running think... back at all after he'd done the back pass. He watched the video. Yeah, he, he watched it. And he stands still. Whereas, are you honestly going to tell me if JT had passed the ball back badly, which I have to say, I rarely think he ever did, which perhaps then shows the difference between utterly class defenders and somebody who's not quite good enough. 
he would have belted back like a madman to get on the line. He wouldn't have just stood still as Zuma did, almost going, oh, well, it's too late now. I've made a mistake. Or was he expecting the goalkeeper to get it, which any normal person would, of course, expect the goalkeeper to get it. Yes. You know, I think Frank is making a ridiculous excuse. The goalkeeper made a horrendous error, <coughs> which he does every bloody game. But, but J- J- JK or Verbal Kid, um, Frank's not going to dig the players out in public. Vibril, Vibril Kid. Is it Vibril? Vibril. Thank As you, in yeah. gerbil. Of course he's not going to dig his He's players. just not going to do it. I've got an article from the cup final, which I was looking at today because I kept all the papers in a pile because I've become a hoarder. So I decided to cut them out. And it says, it says, forwards brilliant. Um, Frank Lampard's got to do something about the defence. This was... I know. But the starting cup final. What's happening? Well, I mean, here's the thing that he needs to do with the defence, mate. He's got, I mean, you know... Why didn't they buy Well, a because I'm getting to that. Oh, I, I suspect, I suspect, because there was nobody, uh, they they couldn't buy who they really wanted, and you know they're not going to chuck, ba- uh, you know, good money after bad because they've yeah. been down that road, and we would moan about that. I mean, Dan, I know you want to come in with a point. I just want to like get Tony in first, if that's all right. I I think that there's, and I said this on Twitter, I think, but there's a huge similarity in my mind to the, the, the defence that Klopp inherited in, at Liverpool in 2015-16. You know, and I, I'll tell you who it was. Mignolet, Nathaniel Klein, Lovren, Moreno, Sacco and Skirtle. There's only one of those players left and he hardly ever gets a look in. And there's a good reason for that because he's shit too. Yeah. They're all rubbish. And that's what Klopp had when he turned up. And he yeah. systematically got rid of them. I think yeah. we're in the same place. Tony first, then Dan, yeah? And that's exactly what I've maintained before. Um, and I would say that even when Guardiola took over City, they didn't have the greatest defence. It takes time to build that sort of thing. And and let's be honest, right? We're, we're sitting here berating our defence, right? We've conceded nine goals this season, okay? Which makes us second in the top six or seven behind Liverpool, who's conceded 13. Liverpool. Liverpool scored 13, conceded 13. Seven in one match. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we haven't conceded seven, six or five in a game yet. Okay. Yeah, don't say Well, hold on. City have conceded five in a game. United have conceded six in a game. Liverpool have conceded seven in a game. We're all sitting here going on about what a shit defence we've got. But in actual fact... Well, I I think, Tony... Tony, I I would agree with you because I think this has been a really weird theme, hasn't it? Since lockdown, how shit... I mean, I remember you and I have had this gripe over a beer and on this show. The quality of defending in the Premiership has been going absolutely south for years, I think. Hasn't it? Yes, exactly. And and, and maybe the lack of a crowd uh, uh, is altering... Maybe the pressure isn't on from the crowd or whatever... It's making fantastic entertaining football. Yeah. When was the last time a Mourinho team conceded three goals in the last ten fucking minutes of a game? Yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did any of you think, oh, West Ham can still pull his back? Even when they got a goal back, I didn't think they'd still do it. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're being... I know it's our job to be critical. I think we're being a bit overly critical here. I think Anders Christensen is not fucking good enough for our team. Bin him. Get shot of him. You Stick him in the under 20s that, for the rest of the season. That's my point. You can't just do that. You have to replace no, them. But the idea that a player can't... A player's... You can ride out individual errors. I don't think you can. John Terry once made a fucking horrendous rick-up, right, to uh, allow Arsenal, when they beat us 5-3 in a game... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He fucking stood, and everyone went, oh, James, he doesn't do it that often, but he did it then. But no, 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 we can't criticise him, we can't criticise Ron Harris. Here we are, going on at Zuma, for, for what I can see, for all the games I've watched this season, for his first fucking mistake he made. Other than that, he boots the ball out, he heads the ball out, he defends like anything, it, and I just you know, I just think we're being overly harsh. Now, we, we said it last season, when Kepa's in goal, defence starts overthinking, because they can't trust the bloke who's behind them. Okay, the one game Mendy had, we looked okay, actually. We did a little bit, well, you know, when Cavaliero plays. I just think this idea that we're just going to get on and go out about what a shit defence we've got, I, I think Tamori should start. I absolutely think he should start. I agree I, with I, you. He's, a, he's got the right uh, attitude on the pitch and all this sort of stuff. I don't quite know why Frank keeps chopping and changing around. Christensen out, but, you know, we're just getting on at these players all the time. An actual fact... When you look at everyone else in the same number of games, we're not doing so badly. Thanks very much. Mm. That's a really. Uh, do you know what, Tony? Uh, the very level-headed view, and I, I think I think a lot of this is down to. It, it's so frustrating seeing your team play so well in some aspects of the game, yes. and then shooting themselves the foot by mistakes that shouldn't happen. And I think that's why my frustration boils over. But Dan, I no doubt you will be sensible to. Yeah, I agree. I just think you know we're, we're building this team from from ground zero. We don't, you know, the, the front players are set now for the next five, six, seven years. We've brought a decent left back in, and I think we'll probably improve the centre half at some point over the next two windows to get back to where we need to be. As you say, Klopp's a perfect example. Completely rebuilt his defence, but he started by buying Firmino, and that's how he started from the front. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, I I have to to say, you know, one thing I do agree uh, about with Frank. You know, what he was saying really was that, you know, basically it, it, it it's a team game. You know, it's it's again, this is this is it's a bit like, well, actually, I was got another point I wanted to make before I get onto this, because Tony will love this. This is another reason why I hate modern football. <laughs> you know, in, in 15, 20 years ago, that would never have happened. Tony, that goal that, you know, the second goal would never have been conceded. Why? Because the defender, the last thing on the defender's mind would have been passing it back to the keeper. Absolutely. He would have walloped it into touch. Rosehead. 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 Yeah. And this stupid fucking obsession with making defenders with two left feet into footballers and goalkeepers with three left feet into footballers is stupid. You know, half of them aren't good enough to do it. But, oh, no, you've got to pass back to the goalkeeper, build from the back. I mean, I know building from the back is great, and I know that it creates goals like the, the third goal we scored. But sometimes use your noodle and go get it into Rose Ed, JK. He wasn't an angle to kick the ball into the stands. He, he could have thinking, kicked it anywhere. Why would he do that when he could just pass it back to the reliable goalkeeper? Oops, sorry, I forgot. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter where you point the finger of blame, whether it's Kepper or Zuma. The reality is Zuma could have kicked that out, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah well, no, Dan, he was. he was. He was back to goal and he could have turned to his right and kicked out. He could have, I don't know, there, there was a defender. He could have played across the box to the left. I can't remember the positional sense. But a ball like that was relatively slightly under hit. Kepper wasn't alert, so it's six one half dozen the other. If Kepper had been alert, he would have come out smash the ball down the park or into touch. Mm. The whole, listen, would, would so after, Michael have done that? Would Peter Schmeichel have done that? Listen, after, oh, listen, after, after Zuma's back pass, there was two more stages of play before they scored. Well, there is that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it wasn't entirely down to Zuma. But, you know, rather than blaming the individuals, which is an easy thing to do, I mean, there is a sense that, that you know, it's a, it's a team issue here. And, 
I mean, this is almost sacrilegious to say it, JK, but I thought I thought Kante had quite a poor game, actually. I thought he was sloppy and he gave the ball away too much. And I kind of wondered whether he, he is carrying an injury again or, or just tired from the French thing. I mean, I know the, there's a wonderful uh, website called The Physio Room that gives you really good info on on current injuries. And they were saying in the week that, that Kante had a muscle injury. So I was quite surprised to see him start. But the other thing is, it you know, you, there seems to me to be... Um, quite a structural issue that we've got here right nice view which is we've got a really good fluid attacking bunch of players in as i said you know you take your pick from Pulisic, Havertz, Mount, Werner, hudson Adoy, Zayach, whatever but there seems to be an imbalance between that and getting the defensive elements of the midfield right i mean both Jorginho and Kante, Conte even seem to also have license to go forward. The fullbacks also seem to have license to go forward. Um, but nobody seems to want to defend or is able to just defend, just to, just to basically, you know, break up the play and destroy. Now, I mean, all right, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe Frank and Jody are going for total football. Fantastic. But, you know, some, you know defend, defending is not a bad word. You know, and okay, I know that the forwards have to come into that and they need to press and stuff. But it just seems to be, you know, he he hasn't quite resolved that issue to get the, the balance between attack and defence and midfield quite right. And I mean, you know, Jorginho did make that brilliant pass for the second goal. That's great. But it's no use if if if, if we get outnumbered and outbullied in midfield. I thought Hasenhutl got it spot on tactically in the second half, pressed the shit out of us and overran our midfield. Because, you know, you've effectively got two players who are in a defensive position in the midfield because the others don't really do much. JK, well, we sorry. Yeah, JK? You can't seem to cope very well with the opposition manager making a change, which I find absolutely peculiar. There must be a way that Frank can respond well, to Well, he, he, he did, JK. Apparently, in the press... I mean, I can read out what he says somewhere. I know I've got it somewhere. Uh, 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 uh. Oh bollocks! I wish I could actually. Basically, look, I can't. I can't find the quote. But basically, he was saying that what he had told them that they needed to beat the press, as we were saying earlier, by going longer. But they didn't do it. What what's going on if they don't do it? I don't know. Because all that happened was was that other than the response for the third goal, which was brilliant, which you then thought, why can't they do this more often? They struggled, and they seem to be this, the fact that they can't turn this round, having been completely in control of a game is a is a pattern that we we keep seeing so you know my my big the two big things for me at the moment are frank's inability to change it when you're in when well three things we're not scoring enough goals when we're completely in charge of the situation he can't deal with um he can't deal with uh, with the opposition manager doing something simple if what he can't get the message across and three they can't defend so, um, and as we, a we, team, uh, yeah, yeah, as a as a team, indeed, yeah. they can't do it. But well, the, in the second in the second half, it wasn't a question of them defending as a team anymore, was it? They were they were just trying to stay in the game for periods because Southampton was so much more in control of the midfield, as you say. So perhaps he tactically should have changed it by. But was Jorginho just doesn't? It Jorginho was actually further and further back, playing almost playing a a centre back in the. Um, uh, in the second half, which I found very peculiar. I, mean, I didn't quite call, understand what was Call me old-fashioned. Oh, oh, oh. Call me old... Sorry, sorry, Tom, but call me old-fashioned. But I actually wrote this in my notes. 
at the time. But when when Havertz scored that third goal, I would have I would have I mean you know clearly I'm I'm a genius and I've got all my UA for ABCs and Z license badges whatever. But that aside, I would have brought on Reese James, brought him into the midfield, and I'd have taken either Pulisic or Mount off. Yeah. I'd have gone three in midfield. Yes. Because we were getting overrun even even before we scored that that yes. third goal, Tony. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah, um, I think that's the game management thing uh, that Dan um, alluded to earlier on. I think we were. Um, this is going to be highly, highly unpopular. This view, but it, to me, if you have a passive captain, right. Uh, you know that's where I'm looking at. I'm I'm sorry, but Aspilicueta doesn't say enough in the game. He, he he's a good player, but Dan alluded to waning powers earlier on, and I think that's probably true. John Terry, when he was captain, was a gobshite all of the time in players' faces, other players from the other team and our players. That's what captains should be doing. And I'm afraid when the performance drops off like that, I want someone going round, um, almost. Not cajoling is too kind a word, but I'll use cajoling the players to you know get their asses in gear, okay? Because he's the eyes and ears of the manager on the pitch, and he just doesn't do enough for me in that sense. You're absolutely right. We could have shored up the midfield. Um, we 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 could have probably done away with one of the uh, you know Pulisic or or Havertz or whatever, um, or even Werner or whatever. Maybe bought Giroud on because he's a bloody good defender. He's he's in the Drogba mode, isn't he? Mm. Of um, you know, not only do defenders hate him, but attackers hate him because he's in there elbowing and put, jumping for the ball and and doing all sorts of things. So, I think game management is for me. That's uh, uh, there's two things with Frank here. There's a little bit too much Tinkerman shit going on for me, but. Okay, we'll we'll put it down to inexperience, but game management, game management, which was you think about it, was Mourinho's, the young Mourinho was the king of that, wasn't he? He was out of play out of game. He was give the ball to Drogba, attempt to take it in the corner. Dan, um, the lovely Jilly uh, B uh, has made a very interesting and very pertinent point on Mixler. She says we aren't pressing as a team. The front six press and the defence stood off instead of closing the gap between them and midfield. Our back four were treating the ball like a hot potato and Southampton could see their fear. I mean, that's a, a more articulate way of the point. I was saying that there's this kind of imbalance between defensive midfield and midfield, attacking midfield and, and attack. And there is a bit too much of a gap there, I think. Uh, I, absolutely spot on in my book. Yeah, she, she's nailed it. And that's, that's the, it's, it's the cohesion from front to back at the moment we're trying to do. I think going forward, we're going to scare loads of people, but we need to get that, you know... Go, get the keeper in, get the defence settled, and a settled defence week in, week out. Tweak it for the odd Champions League match, maybe, but you know, Premier League is our bread and butter. We have Frank has to has to come top four again, has to get close to the top, and I think his focus should be week in, week out, getting a settled defence, which gives people confidence. Sort out who's going to play the two or the three behind the, the attacking players, and just go with that week in, week out. As, as, as Henry said, Tink, Tinkerman. You know, Liverpool <clears throat> last year barely changed any players. One I, or two I, well, hang on, hang on. I, I do think, I do think there is mitigation this weekend because, you know, had Mendy and Silva, you know, had Mendy not been injured, Silva not been jet lagged, they would have started, and you would have had Zuma partnering Silva in the central defence, and I think Zuma looked a much better player with Silva minding him, yeah. and, and I mean, I got no problem. 
I mean, for me, and you might you might not like this, but for me, my first choice right back is Aspilicueta, and my first choice left back is absolutely Ben Chilwell. So, you know, I think you know your back five is is that plus you know a Mendy, you know Silva, Zuma, Chilwell, and Aspi. Well, that depends on how you know how much because you need attack, better attacking fullbacks because Aspi can't cross for shit. Yeah, but he can fucking respect. defend, mate. Yeah, I know. Well, well, that's you know that's why I think we need to learn the defensive side of his game. Yeah. But, and I think with with a settled back four, and he's got Silver, because Silver probably be on the right of the back four, won't you? I imagine. So with Silver coaching well, him, look, Dan, it's, organ, a, it's, a, organize, it's organizing. It's a like, decision it, to make. I yeah, think. I, I, yeah. And I think you know we said this right at the beginning of the season, didn't we? We said there's a decision to be made here. Is is this is this Aspie's last season? Will will this be the season that James comes in and takes him over? But you know, James has got to prove it. Now, okay, I hear what you're saying. You're saying, well, it's no good just putting him in for a game or two because he's not going to get any consistency doing that. And I, I agree with that. But I still he think was, I still think that Asby's a better defender, JK. Saw something in him, didn't he, to drop him, uh, um, despite his brilliant... <clears throat> I mean, he was brilliant for England, just whipping all those crosses in. He during was the week. superb. Superb. And then, uh, and then, unfortunately, decided to have a go at the referee, which was absolutely... Which was also fun. superb. Absolutely superb. Absolutely correct. <laughs> A quick point of that. One of the quick point. I think it was Liam Toomey said on one of the podcasts that is it's so unlike Rhys James. He's very, very quiet normally, quite unassuming. So to see him get that angry was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a positive, but the, the knowing what that referee was like, he's probably sure to get a red card for doing that. Yeah, that referee was one of the worst ref well, it's the kind of referee that clearly VAR would have uh, um, helped him out, to say the least. But hmm. um um uh, no, I, I think, yes, the, he, he also revealed his naivety by uh, James by giving away the ridiculous block that he, he, he made on, um, who was it, on uh, Bertrand for the free kick. Now, yeah, the very right. fact that once again, we can't defend a free kick from the same position where we've given away so many, so many goals in the past. I, you know, I don't think that was a free kick, mate. It was soft. Yeah, he hardly touched it. Yeah. Well, he hardly did, but nonetheless, Bertram went down, and he and he he had physical contact with him, and he was look he looked big. He ran into him. I know, but, but nonetheless, it it's experience, kind of, it's game management. I think I'm more talking cute. about the free kick itself. All right, he gave it away, but we are incapable of defending a ball being whipped over. And once again, you know, Zuma got his head to it, didn't kick it far enough. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm not having that. I thought Zuma did everything he had to do. That's on Havertz. That is on Havertz for not following Walcott out. No, I'm afraid I would have a go at Zuma because I think he needs to head the ball further away from those situations. It's, it's a, he's still heading almost into the danger area. You know, that, he did the best that he could, mate, and I, I don't think you you can but have. But an, I'm not. Yeah, but we're not looking for players to do the best. Yeah, but could. I'm we're, sorry, but you can't. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot control. They gave, they gave another goal away from a free kick in exactly the same area. Therefore, it's terrible. Yeah, but I'm sorry. You know, you can't guarantee. Oh, I'm going to head the ball 50 yards out of danger. It just doesn't no, work like that. The science and the dynamics of it don't work like that. There are seconds to go. The Eddie biggest out. culprit. The biggest culprit was Havertz for going to sleep not following Walker out. You know, rule number one, it's about winning the second balls, and we don't do that enough in the defence. No, but I think the point I'm making, rather than blaming people here, the point I'm making is that once again, we gave a goal away from exactly the same area that we give goals away from, regardless of who was to blame. You can pick out the blame, but they should be organised enough so that that doesn't happen. For God's sake, it's the same 
position. It's just at the edge of the penalty area, 10 yards away. The ball is whipped across. We can't, we don't defend it well enough and a goal is scored. Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was clever by Walcott, but Havertz should have been wise to that. And I think I see too much of that in the side generally. They they do go to sleep a bit and it's a real concern. We are a nice side as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another, nice another issue. We do need a bit of bite, which is probably where you're heading into with one of your next items. Well, I was going to talk about it. I'm just, I, I mean, it's a toss-up, really. I mean, the Kevin Keegan thing's a bit of a, an anathema, really, you know. But yeah. there is a point to be said that, you know, at the moment we do need to score more goals, you know, because we're going to concede a lot. And, and as I said, until they can replace some of the people who are not good enough, then I think this is going to happen a lot. Although I, I do think, as we've all really been saying, you know, that we we know what the best five defenders are, give or take. You know, you've got Mendy, Silver, Zuma, Chilwell, Aspie, Stroke, James, Zuma, Stroke, Tamori. That would that would be most of our preferred yeah. selection. But yeah, the the other point I wanted to want to make was, you know, kind of going back to the midfield and, and our ability to, to, to break up, play and defend. Uh and you know, from everything that we're told, um the club absolutely without a doubt want Declan Rice. Yeah. And and I and I the reason I bring this up again because I mean I know the transfer window's gone you know dead and buried but it, it's coming back pretty soon because of the weird timing of the season. It is. But I do I wonder if I wonder if maybe this bloody club have learned and and maybe a bit like Liverpool did with Van Dyke, they've decided yeah. this is who we want and we're just going to wait it out, Dan. Yeah, but that again is lack of experience. This team's got no experience in it. Declan Rice, very good player, but he's. No, we haven't got an experienced player. I mean, maybe Silver can play alongside him, but this whole team lacks balls, lacks experience. I would want well, him in the midfield, I, though, Dan, not I, in defence. Yeah, oh, midfield, yeah, fine, midfield, yeah. I've watched a couple of um, uh, West Ham games this season. I watched that one yesterday, intensely and deliberately kept an, an extra eye, if you like, on Declan Rice. Um, and he he played well for England. Um and yesterday, he got nutmegged by Harry Kane. But I think it was the second goal. can't remember now. Yeah, I think it was the second goal when his song got the first. Or whatever. Um, and there was a touch of the um, Gary Cahill and John Terry. I'm not letting that get to me about him. Because he, he didn't let his head drop. Um, he played superbly after that. I think he's got the right attitude. I think he's captain material. I genuinely think he's captain material. He came out after that game yesterday and he was absolutely brilliant on camera. Not scripted. He was, I agree with you. Managed. He was terrific. He was terrific. He was absolutely. Yeah, he was. A, a player, he was, he, and you, like John Terry, like the players that we had before these fucking media people got in and, and trained them to stand there and go, yes, well, it's all about three points, really, and I just wanted to do well for the team and it's all about that weather. <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I think, and I hope we're right, you're right with this, Chidge, um, or Dan, whoever just said about making your mind up, setting your target, keeping the fucking the the momentum, tapping him up constantly, right? Okay, up until that window comes in, make West Ham an offer they cannot fucking refuse. Chuck a couple of fucking players in there because Moyes, he, he knows they're not going to spend big, and Moyes will be overridden by um, the Sullivans and, and uh, Lady Brady or whatever her fucking name is. And I would say this: Declan Rice, I think, has got all of the potential. To, to be an absolute icon. We let him go. We should get him back because I'll tell you what, I think he's been very impressive and he's getting brilliant write-ups by all of the media. Gareth Southgate thinks he's good. 
and yet there are still people out there, and there's bound to be someone on fucking Mixler in a minute who's going to go, oh, he's bang average, like they did with Ben Chilwell. And I'm like, fuck But I think he's absolute superb To be, to be fair, Tony, um, Chilwell didn't have a very good season last year, but were, um, has actually improved with us again. Yeah. Um, Looks a great player to me, mate. He looked yeah. great. I agree. Perhaps he was being tapped up or something, but he didn't yeah. have a good, good a last season. Trying but, to reduce um, his value, maybe. Perhaps that was it. But old, um, <laughs> but, um, oh, you cynic. <laughs> <laughs> but Rice has come to the fore, hasn't he? He's, um, yeah. he's looked uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. he has. He has indeed. All right, chaps, enough of all of that. Um, look, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll leave you with this because I, I do feel that it's really interesting, isn't it, actually? I mean, you know, we all, we're all on Twitter and, and I, to be honest, I do ignore most of the Herberts on there, but there are some really pretty sensible people on there. You know, they really are. But I have to say that that result instigated a mass outburst of frustration and anger. You Happy know, shitting. Yeah, well, it's not nappy shitting. It's absolutely allowable. It's absolutely allowable. You can be angry that your team shot itself in the foot and snatched a, a draw from the jaws of victory. It's okay, and I think most of the sensible people were pretty angry. But I don't. I don't mean us to be all negative tonight. There was so much to also love and admire about yeah. that performance. And here's the thing: I like to look at the result on Saturday as uh, one point gained. Because we did lose to them 2-0 last season. Now, as Tony would no doubt concur, living in Hampshire, losing to Southampton at any time is utterly unacceptable. Well, round here. Christ, yeah. it's all talks with round here. Exactly. Right so, I, I, you know, I, I will be berated at walking football because most of them are probably fans. And they I had be... my best mate, who's a Southampton fan, texting me the minute the final whistle went. Yeah. So there you go. So, hey-ho, onwards and upwards. Now... Um, I was just about to say we are going to go in a minute to talk about the uh, the wonderful, wonderful uh, Champions League is back. He says with no uh, sense of irony or bitterness whatsoever. Uh, we are going to talk about that. We've got Sevilla tomorrow night, so there's lots to talk about there. But uh, before we do that, as a quick shout out and a plug for three absolutely superb books that have just been released by our dear friend Marco's publishing company, Gate Seventeen, and they are uh, Let the Salary Decide, uh, which has been written by Walter Otten. Um, which is where Walter recounts his experiences of the Champions League semi-final, second leg against Barcelona and the final in Munich. It's absolutely brilliant. And that's available in paperback uh, for seven ninety five from Gate 17 and Amazon as well as Kindle. Uh, the Ultimate Chelsea Quiz Book by another friend of ours, Chad. He used to be on the show. He had Chelsea Chad's stats when we were on the telly. Uh, he's written a, uh, a quiz book uh, with nine, uh, 1905 questions. So 1,905 questions to test your knowledge on Chelsea. That one is six ninety five uh, for the paperback, and again, that's available worldwide via Amazon. And last but no means least, uh, two of my absolute favourites: DJ, also known as Only a Pound on Twitter, and Neil Smith at Smithy East Stand, have written Tales of the Chelsea Unexpected, where they look at forty uh, amazing Chelsea matches against thirty one different teams and a, and a series of outcomes, scores, and subsequent events that nobody could have predicted. And that is also available worldwide via Amazon. At eight ninety five for the paperback and two ninety five for Kindle, uh, I will shortly, at some stage, be doing an interview with Chad about his quiz book and Smithy about the tales of the unexpected. So look out for those. We will be back in a second. Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? 
Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merch Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Fans, I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stamford Chidge, uh, the uh, world renowned. Voiceover artist, mimic, singer, dancer, actor, and bon viveur, Mr. Tony Glove. Sorry, Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> I'll take the bon viveur bit. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say dancer. Bloody hell, Tony. Actor, singer, dancer. Yeah. Um, or as they fact- say in LA, mate, whenever you go out for a meal, they go, Hello, my name is Stephanie, and I'm a actress, waitress, singer, dancer. Or waitress, actress, singer, dancer. What do you do? You and say, could you give us a quick tune and dance at the same time? No, no. I say, I don't I have prefer, a fucking, I don't have a fucking script for you. Piss off. I prefer to introduce myself as the kind of David Brent. I'm not only their manager, I'm an entertainer. <laughs> Brilliant. Last but by no means least, Mr. Dan Chiellini Silva. Hello. Lovely to see you, mate. It's great yes, fun. Yes. Apart from the fact we're all a bit touchy tonight, it's been fun. Well, now, well, uh, it's a pleasure, JK. You what? You're a national treasure. He is. He is a national treasure. Bank 14, mate. You're a national treasure. He is a national treasure. Kiddo. 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 All right. Uh, so we've got... Um, if, only, if only. Can I talk about the Sevilla match? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I forgot the... Uh, uh. started it. I know. I, I know. I'm a hypocrite. You know I'm a hypocrite. Uh, I'm nothing if not a hypocrite. Now, we've got Sevilla tomorrow. Uh, Sevilla... Now, it's the interesting thing is this, actually. I'm kind of going to start at the end rather than start at the beginning. But the reality is this. Sevilla are the, I think, you know, you always get one, you know, good team, don't you, in a Champions League group. But they are not Bayern Munich. They're not Barcelona. They're not even Atletico Madrid or Real Madrid or Juventus. Or, or what, you know, that this is, you know, they have, they are a decent team. But they are not like top, top, top tier, top level. So I think they are the main threat in the group. But I don't think, you know, we should get our knickers in a twist. Now, having said that, they've got some very interesting form. Let me just tell you their form. Um, interestingly enough, their form in La Liga, La Liga, aye, is uh, about as patchy as ours is, really. They're in 10th at the moment behind, uh, I think, Barcelona only just above them. But uh, their most recent match was against Granada, uh, where they lost 1-0. Uh, they drew one all with Barcelona who've not made a brilliant start to the season. They beat Levante 1-0 and they lost to... Sorry, they, they beat Cadiz 3-1. Uh, but actually what is more interesting is is their last European excursions because, of course, as, al- as always, they won uh, the Europa League again. So that's six times they've won it. They won it in 2006, 2007, and then back-to-back 13-14, 14-15, 15-16, and again they won it last year. Now, to do that, and of course, this is a bit of a misnomer, really, isn't it? Because they weren't doing two-legged matches, which I think made it a bit of a, you know, a bit of a lottery, really. 
but they managed to knock out Roma 2-0. They then beat Wolves away 1-0. They beat United 2-1. Uh, and then in the fine, and then was that was the final? Yeah, the final. Yeah. They beat Inter Milan three two. Now I, I don't really, you know, that's that's pretty good to do that. And then in the in the Super Cup final, the beloved Super Cup final, which we've still not won much to my well, we have won, haven't we? Won it in uh, ninety eight against uh, Real Madrid. But um, yeah, they they obviously played Bayern Munich, who I think are the best team in Europe, and they they actually took them to extra time. It was one all, and they finally lost two one. So. You know, I think they're a decent team, Dan. Yeah, very good. So they've got a very but they're good not team. that decent. You know, they're decent, but they're, not that decent. No, but maybe, maybe they'll, they're the, the Spanish Chelsea. I don't know. They're ooh, a good team. Ooh, no, but they're ooh. decent. They've got, you know, they've got a good European pedigree, albeit in the Europa League. They'll be a difficult team to, to beat. They're going to be well set up by Lopetegui. Yeah. You know, He's a good manager, win, isn't he? You don't win six European trophies in, what, 15 years by being mugs? They no. were good... Good team. They've got good players. They're better than some of their parts, maybe. They're one of those sort of well-organised teams. They replace their players. They sell players. They've got a great kind of, you know, factory of players that come in, get sold for profit. They're bringing somebody else. They're, you know, I think it'll be between us and Sevilla to top the group. I think yeah. tomorrow's result is going to be key. You know, we, you know, like we found with Valencia last year, if we start with a bad result, it does make it difficult to try and top the group. But then... Top of the group doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a better draw. Well, it, we haven't it, got Ross Barkley playing for us anymore, though. Remember? So. Well, I, I think it, I think it's a good analogy actually, and I and I kind of have Severe about the same level as Valencia, really. And of course, we I thought we played pretty well uh, that night. Actually, I can't remember. You know, I think maybe we were we were on the end of a bit of a thrashing, but we got away with one, and we could have got away with it even more had Barkley not missed that penalty, uh, which he would never have done playing for Aston Villa, of course. Um, yeah. So it's important that we we don't lose, and I think that's always the case with the first, uh, you know, Champions League match. You, you know, do not lose the first match. Now they they've got some decent players: um, Diego Carlos in defence, uh, Jules Kuan or Kundi, whatever, Kundi maybe, maybe it's Jason Kundi in Spanish or something. I don't know. Jules Kunde, he's out. Half a Kundi. Yeah, he's out. He's he's got COVID, mate. He's got COVID. Now he's one of their best players. He's certainly their best defender. So that's good that he's out. But they've also got some interesting players that we'll know and love. Uh, Jesus Navas, ex-City in defence. Uh, Fernando, ex-City in midfield. Uh, they've just signed Ivan Rakitic from Barcelona. He's a good player. Yeah. And up front, they've got Lucas Acampos. Uh, an umpa maybe. I don't know. Acampos, he's a good striker. Argentinian, scored 17 goals last year. And Luke de Jong, who's a Dutch kid, uh, is another good striker. So, you know, they've got some decent players, JK. Yes, yes, but they may be too decent for us. You think mm. so? Well, I don't know. I, I don't we've got, know we've got Kai Havertz, mate, and Timo Werner. Yeah, yeah but uh, I presume Silva's going to play, and I presume that Mendy's going to play, in which case it'll be more um, competitive. Yeah, but um, Silva, uh, who, who played in the Champions League final last season. Indeed, indeed, who's a decent centre-half, as mm. we've appreciated, but clearly a stopgap, as we keep saying. Um, uh, I haven't a clue, Chidge. I, I, I don't know what how it's going to go. I don't know whether we'll turn up. I don't know whether we'll be too good for them in attack. I don't know if we'll play very well for the first half and then fall apart. I don't know if tactically they'll make a change and we won't be able to cope. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen anymore. I am bewildered by um, uh, team selection, uh, defensive errors, and um, uh, which team will appear. It'll be Chelsea, that's for sure. Um, Matt Law wrote a very interesting article, which I found totally 
by accident I was kind of surfing the net for uh, info oh. on the game and I and basically a lot of these journalists write write previews for betting sites and I found this on a betting site but Matt Law reckons he had a very interesting theory about Sevilla he said that uh, their starting lineup like we care would be Buno in goal Navas uh, Rekic would come in to make his debut instead of Kuande uh, Diego Carlos uh, Marcus Acuna decent player Rakitic Fernando Jordan uh, not Joe Jordan by the way uh, and a compass and De Jong and Suso will be up front now, what it, what was interesting about what Matt said was what he felt would be Chelsea's starting lineup. We know we know that Mendy's not going to be fit, so he thinks Kepa will no, start. No, but he was. He said he, he trained today. Yeah. Mendy trained today. I, I'm, well, let's see. It'd be nice, but I think he might save him for United. And of course, that's the other thing that we won't really talk about tonight because we'll talk about it on Friday. We have got United coming up at the weekend. That's a big game for us. Anyway, he thinks Kepa will start, uh, as will James, Silver, Zuma, and Chilwell. He thinks Kante, or Conte, should I say, will be rested. Why would you rest Conte? But anyway, he thinks Kovacic and Jorginho, uh, and and then Havertz, obviously, and Mount Pulisic-Werner. So pretty much the same for those four. But he thinks Kovacic will play instead of Conte, Tony. Why would he do that? Because Conte's made of glass. Yeah. So you don't, you're Sorry. saying that Conte can't play two games in a week? Yeah. Fucking hell, mate. Seriously? Yeah, I'll say, well, I mean, yeah, he's, he's been missing more than he's been with us for over a season now. And well, since, have, uh, what's his face I paid him in the, the European League final? Can't he tint his glasses on, but um, I didn't think he played particularly well uh, on, on Saturday. I, rest him. I, you know, I mean, get people give me, oh, he's been playing every game. Lots of players have been playing every game. But uh, I'm afraid I think Kante, um, I, I just... I don't know. I don't know whether he doesn't want to be there or whether it's just because he's made of glass. But uh, he's been one of the least well, I, impressive players. Yeah, but I, I see. I'm going to I'm going to take issue with that because I actually yeah. thought the game, uh, the Palace game, he was back to his best. Thought yeah. he looked fantastic in that. I don't think yeah, he, I don't think he was that good on on Saturday. I agree with you. I think he, he had a poor uh, game by his standards. Yeah. But I think against Palace, he was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I. I I don't know. I think you you probably want to go and put a team out, and um, I, I mean, I'd be inclined to start Giroud tomorrow straight away. And just say you want someone who's going to be a bit of a battering ram. Um, I, I I I think you want some steel in midfield, and Kante's not offered that lately. That's just my view. I just I don't know you're think... entitled to it, mate. I'm not 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 digging you out for that. Just a bit surprised, really. Dan, what do you think? I mean, he's he's not been the same player since he played. Sarri played him in the Europa League final. He just keeps getting these niggling injuries, which are really going to affect your full match fitness. Yeah. I mean, what's more important, you know, Severe on Tuesday and Man U on exactly. Saturday? Man U. Yeah. yeah. Don't you I think? think I, I would say, with respect to Severe, look at the two teams on paper. You think you, you should be able to get a positive result without Kante against Severe at home. I think they're, and, I think they're not to be underestimated. No, I think no, they've no, got not, some not good all, players but, and they're a good side. Difficult but, to play against. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like Kovacic um, over Jorginho. I think he's he's much more he can travel the ball a lot better than Jorginho. I think you know when he gets the ball, he can move forward. Um, I mean, maybe he might just throw Rich James into into centre mid. Maybe I mean I know it might be a brave move given it's you know a Champions League game. 
thing about severe chaps is that they are they are a difficult side to play against. I mean, uh, well, as, but they'll uh, cheat. They'll cheat as well. well. That's, you know, uh, let's not. I was going to get into a very racial stereotype there, and I won't. I'll avoid that pitfall. Uh, but they are a difficult side to play against because they, you know, they 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 they're good at keeping the ball, and when they lose it, a bit like a lot of Spanish teams, they work very hard to get it back. And Lepetegui's a good manager; he's to manage Spain, of course. So you know, they're not going to be easy at all. It's going to be a tough European match, and we've got a, our record against the Spanish uh, sides recently has not been too bright at all. You know, so I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. It really, really is. I think. Um, I see that they they lost their last game to uh, to Granada. They did, but they rested a lot of players. This is the other thing about these sneaky Spanish teams, Tony. I like uh, Granada. Yeah, they they they, they like take service you get when in your colour set from Granada. That's right. Uh, they'll have VAR. Sorry to interrupt your gag. Oh, sorry. sorry there, mate. Sorry, she's looking absolutely disgusted that I managed to get that in. No, I'm not. I'm actually just well. I not would I ever be disgusted with you, Tony? Really? Yeah. Probably not. But anyway, I mean, there'll be I, VARs. I, 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 I think we'll win. Depends on the referee. The referee may be dreadful as well. well you know the way these things are at the moment. Yeah. Some of these referees. When do they get across that? Is Spanish bar in play for Champions League? Yeah. 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 Of course it is. Always is. Do you look at me like you're doubting me? Uh, no, I'm not doubting you. I I seem to recall from what my memory last season was was that it was used. It was better. Well, don't you remember the Ajax match and we got that goal ruled out? Ruled out that was a goal. Yeah, but then they have the referees actively encouraged to go and look at the monitor. And stuff yeah, well, like that's that. true. They're a bit more averse. To, uh, they're, they're less averse to doing that than our lot are, which is not yeah. a bad thing. Got some stats uh, for you here that you might enjoy. Um, this is our 29th season in European competition and 17th in the Champions League. Uh, we've won our Champions League group 11 times, although we finished runners-up in the last two in 18 and 20. Chelsea's last four Champions League campaigns have ended in the round of 16. Uh, in 2019-20, obviously, we were beaten by Munich. Uh, the 2-1 victory at Atletico Madrid uh, in 2017-18 is our only success in our last 10 fixtures against La Liga clubs home and away. Five draws, four defeats. I told you we'd, we'd have a bit of a problem with the La Liga sides. Uh, we're also going to be um, hope to avoid three consecutive defeats in Europe for the first time. Uh, we've only lost the first match in a Champions League campaign twice in the 16 previous seasons in the competition, winning 10. That was Basel and Valencia last season. Uh, and the Valencia defeat is the only one in our past 14 Champions League group games at Stamford Bridge. Uh, we won uh, previous nine. Now, here's the thing. This is something for you, Tony, because I know you want Giroud to start, and this is why he shouldn't. Timo Werner has been directly involved in nine goals in his last 11 Champions League appearances, obviously all for Leipzig. Uh, seven goals and two assists. Uh, so there we go. Um, I, I have to be honest, Tony, I, I, I'd start Werner all day long at the moment. All day long. He's so good. Also, he played more centrally on on the uh, weekend, didn't he? Which is something we've been talking about before. Because when he played, I know he comes in from the wing, but if you put him centrally, that's where he played played for Germany during the week, and 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 where he played, where he seemed to score most of his goals. And I think we were having to deal with it because of the injuries. Now he's got such good supply. Um, I reckon we'll score. We'll score tomorrow night. Several. I'm just um, worried about how many we'll concede. Kevin Keegan, eat your heart out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, that's I, maybe maybe this is the perfect segue, J.K. 
maybe we should start talking about how we think it might go. I mean, I think that Matt Law's pretty accurate with who's going to start there, Dan, I think. Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't get it wrong often. And he's no. also got people in the know who tip him the wing. So I won't be surprised if that's the team. Um, I, I think... I did, go on, mate, sorry. Go on. I, I, there was something on... On social earlier, saying that Mendy was fit and was going to play, but mm. uh, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily risk him with the United on the horizon. I'd rather go to Old Trafford with um, Mendy than Kepper. Yeah, I, 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 you know, exactly. I mean, I, I think, I think if if Mendy is not fit, he will pick Kepper again. He was very quick to say Kepper, you know, made good saves, and you can't blame him individually. So I think we we will have him. Who knows? You know, what are you going to what you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, you know. I think Matt's probably quite right with that. I, I, if I had, as I said, you know, I said this a minute ago, but I, I would, I would have Kante really uh, starting because I think he's too good to leave out, in spite of what Tony says. And as I said, I, I, I do agree with the the Southampton game. I don't think he was at his best there. So unless he's got a minor niggle, which is what the physio room was saying. Then, uh, then I would start him. Uh, I think Jorginho, you know, deserves his place. I thought, you know, he he he, he does add something, but you know, in our def- with our defence as it is, it does worry me. But if Silva's playing in defence, and if Zuma's playing with Silva, I think he'll be much better. Chuel picks himself. Uh, um, I think it's interesting that they've got James starting rather than Aspie, but you know, that's a bit of a, a coin toss. And as I said, Mount Havertz, Pulisic, Werner pick themselves. So there we go. Um, can I just ask a question, Chuch? Of course. If James, if James starts, um, the implication must be that he's going to be playing further forward. So they'll, they'll have to have somebody quicker to actually um, stand in for him. So perhaps that's when you play Canty. Is you, uh, um, is, is he, if he's aware that James is going forwards, you try and make up for the fact that he may not be defending as well. It's, it's, it's the, the fact that James, when he plays in those, in the kind of very the normal defensive situations he seems to go to sleep as well I think this whole process of not knowing who they're marking you can watch Christensen similarly run out of out of uh, position and James not be in position and the and the game of a few weeks ago when Emerson just completely missed out as well you just think well are, are they being told to do this are they losing concentration I mean what what is it I mean James is absolutely brilliant going forwards but there is a question mark over him defensively so do you try and if he does play do you say to one of the other players watch out for him Make sure you fold round behind him. Look out for him when he goes forward. What do you do? I don't because James to me is absolutely the future, but he has to be a better defender. And and, and if he does, doesn't then pick him and picks Asby, it means he's not getting the experience. He's not getting the uh, the game time. So it's a toss up, isn't it? I don't know why um, um, Matt thinks that uh, James will play tomorrow. That perhaps tactically there's something going on with them that are a, a, a big. Um, almost midfielder, fullback, getting crosses in will be benefit to the team. Perhaps he thinks I'll put him in just because um, there'll be more attacking flair and we'll score more goals than them. Perhaps it's that. Perhaps he's going to give in to that. I, I tell you what is a slight worry is that clearly they play four three three, and their midfield is a decent midfield. I don't know much about Jordan, um, but I mean I know Rakitic. He's a good player, and Fernando's a good player. So if they're playing three in midfield and we're going 43-1 again, which judging from what Matt's saying there is kind of, I think, how we're going to set up, you know, I can see us getting overrun in midfield again. You know, Fernando's a, uh, he's a, he's a beefy sort of player, isn't he? He, he, he could, you could see him controlling the midfield and Rakitic is, 
He's got a bit of muscle and he's quite silky, so he's a good player. Dan, you were about to leap in. I don't in. know. I don't think Rakitic is very slight. I think they've got no pace in that midfield. It's quite slow and quite old. Because I think they're all over 30, aren't they? Because I think this yeah. is the X-Man City Fernando, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 32, I think. Rakitic is on the wrong side of 30. I think that, that midfield's there to be won. I don't think they've got, they haven't got a dynamic midfielder. In the, the maybe maybe we're matching up with our slow slow coaches in in yeah. Kovacic and Jorginho. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, I just think James gives us a lot more going forward. Yeah, and totally. it's one of the, you know that's that's probably the main reason. And if they've got if they're they're not playing a wide man, that hopefully gives Reece James more more power to get forward. And if they've got slow midfielders, he's going to pull across to the left to cover him. Defensively as much, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah. thing about James is, and this is this troubles me a lot. We know he can defend. I mean, uh, one of the best performances that I saw last season from any of our players, Alex. yeah, when he had Zahar in his pocket. You know, we know he can defend. So, you know, I have I I'm prepared to have a bit of faith in him. I really, really am. Um, Anyway, we will see tomorrow when it kicks off, uh, presumably 8 o'clock. How do we see this going? JK, you, you get first dibs. 4-3. Uh, to us? Yeah. Yeah. You think there'll be goals then? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Tony? 2-0 to us. 2-0. Dan? I don't think we'll be, I think we'll uh, okay. Sorry, Dan. Sorry. Tony, uh, he was having a condor moment. Yeah, no, I think, I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Wow. You heard it here if first, Mendy right? plays, if Mendy plays or if uh, if Kepper plays. Tony. Sorry? If Mendy plays or if Kepper plays. I don't think Kepper will play, I think Caballero. Yeah. I've just found Matt more Matt Law's just tweeted well early on Mendy returns to training, head of schedule and leaves Frank Lampard the late call of goalkeepers for tomorrow night's match. So we shall see. Is I that, think is that Mendy the playing then? Yeah, late call is, yeah, you're playing Mendy. That's going to stretch out. But I think we'll win 3-1. Hmm. I think a couple of goals from Timo Werner. And I think Zuma will get a header from the corner. I've got absolutely no idea. I've got to talk to Talk Sport about this in 20 minutes. They're going to ask me exactly that. I've got absolutely no fucking idea. It's going to ask you about Virgil van Dijk, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll go, who does he play for? <laughs> exactly. What, the, the one from um, Mary Poppins. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He was very good. He was very good in Mary Poppins, I'll say. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be a draw. I'm going to go two all. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully I've hexed it and that means we'll win 4-1 or something. But it's very, very difficult to predict. I mean, that's the thing with Chelsea at the moment. They are a very difficult side to predict but anyway we'll uh, we'll be all be watching it tomorrow night thankfully none of us are going to have to pay 15 quid for the privilege uh not that we would anyway uh, you but... see that thing that um, newcastle fans did. yeah, Try, yeah uh, support, chelsea yeah, supporters trust have done the same although well, no, not to the extent that newcastle did they should right. be roundly applauded but uh, yes, indeed well well my lovely people that is all we've got time for this week i'm afraid but uh, we will be back uh, this friday at 7 p.m to discuss the match we've just been talking about against Sevilla. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the big uh, match of the weekend, which is the Man United game. And then, of course, as always, we'll be back on the Monday night for our usual Monday night fan cast. Hopefully, between now and then, I will send out a schedule. <laughs> yes, I've got I've got a lot of feedback from you. All I have to do now is commit pen to paper, and then I'll, I'll get it out on the pid- carrier pigeon. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, the Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com. Who knew? Uh, as well as Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as all sorts of other 
podcast <laughs> distributors. Uh, you can also find us on the app, uh, the CFC Blues app. Uh, and if you want to know how to get that, you can find out here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Uh, now, uh, last week, as many people will know, we had a bit of a Q&A because, of course, it was international football. So we, uh, we were allowed to do what we wanted to. And we had a Q&A and we invited a lot of our Patreon members in. It was great fun. We really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so a massive thank you to them, but also a huge thank you to our Patreons. Uh, we've had a few who have joined us this week. I won't I won't embarrass you by saying who you are, but I do know who you are because I've looked and I just wanted to say a great big juicy kiss and a thank you for signing up to Patreon. Um, as you know, it all helps to keep this thing ticking over and is quite important that, uh, that that happens. So I'm really, really, really grateful that you do. If you want to become a Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and it's a great way of uh, keeping in touch with us. You can, you know, message me and, you know, just waffle, abuse, do whatever you like. But it's a good way to get in touch. And occasionally we do some nice special things like we like the Q&A. And we're doing another one, actually, on November the 16th, which is the next international break. Now, the observant among you, the observant among you will know or realise by now that there have been no emails in this show. And you'll be going, like Donald Trump. But 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 the emails you're all saying the emails. Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, you, you sent in so many this week that we're actually now going to do a special one-off uh, in-off-the-post show, which will just be your emails. So there you go. So uh, that'll be coming out shortly after this here program. But if you want to email us or send us a message on Patreon or Instagram or even just post out a tweet for us to read, then we will do that. Let me have them uh, by Sunday, if possible. Uh, and the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Of course, we're on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. I'm at Stanford Chish. Jonathan is at Jonathan Kidd. Uh, Dan is at DanSilv73. Tony is Grocer Jack UK. Uh, and don't forget to follow our Instagram and Facebook accounts with the same uh, handle. So there you go. It's been fun tonight, uh, Mr. Silver. Lovely to see you as ever. Yeah. It's been good. Lovely talking about Chelsea. Yeah, enjoy the match tomorrow, mate. Uh, as I said, at least we won't be having, okay. to, having to watch it on a dodgy stream. So, silver lining and all that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be going to the pub. I think to watch it. Oh yeah, you still got the pubs open in your manor? Yeah, still open. Yeah, well, I assume so. I mean, I think I think so. If not, um, uh, a legal stream. Okay, well, I've got my beer <laughs> yeah. fridge here already for tomorrow, so I'm happy. Tony, are you going to be going to be watching it at home? Are you? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let me, me figure up and I might treat myself to a, a glass of Merlot. I, I, I've, I've actually, I've got to tell you, this is a, a, couple of, a couple of years ago, a Leeds fan, and I had a debate on Twitter and we ended up sort of agreeing about lots of stuff and he follows me. And he's tweeted this tonight, okay? He's gone, switched on Sky oh, yeah. to the Leeds game. <laughs> but apparently it's been replaced with a Virgil van Dyke injury special. And I've just gone, welcome to the Premier League, mate. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they haven't. They've they've obviously just. Oh, you know right, what it right. is when you tune in to watch your team, Chidge, if I... and then you get nothing but Liverpool or Man United and all this sort of stuff. And then just about two minutes before kickoff, they go, "Oh, right, here's the team for tonight." Yeah, I think that's what they've done. But he's not used to that, not being in the prem. And I've just said, you know, get used to it, mate. Yeah, dis- disgraceful. If you're, not, if you're not in red, Sky eight, yeah disgraceful tony as always mate lovely to see you i know yeah, that you've you've made a lot of people happy tonight by returning good to have you back my friend yes it's good to be back good yeah. back and have a rank yeah good stuff lovely to see you we'll see you again soon and as see for you, you 
Uh, for you, Mr. Kidd, an absolute delight as always. Oh, thank you, thank you. I was a bit sweary, actually. I was more sweary than Tony. You were. You were, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both in the good and a bad sense. It was amazing. Yeah. You, were, you, you were swearing in your praise and you were swearing in your condemnation, mate. Yeah, good. But there you go. Good to oh, see you, JK. Really enjoyable, thanks. No thanks. problem at all. Lovely to see you all. Lovely, of course, to see all the wonderful people in Mixler, uh, without whom we would be rather shit, I expect. But there you go. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! Chelsea!